Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. I really wanted to take a quick second just to thank all of you who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology Radio. It has been such an exciting adventure for me. There are so many amazing things that are happening over here that I definitely want to share with you. So for the next few months, every person who signs up for my free newsletter will be entered into a drawing. In this monthly drawing, whomever wins will win a free 30-minute Skype call with me, James Miller. I will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. So go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and sign up for my free newsletter there. Who knows? Maybe you will be the lucky winner. So sign up today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to encourage you to be a world changer. I'll also be interviewing author and Los Angeles City Commissioner Cynthia M. Ruiz, who shares her story of becoming a powerful and influential leader and how she inspires the people around her. I have some exciting news. For those of you who listen to me on the radio, did you know that I'm on the air three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. Or you can listen to me on all the major podcasting platforms anytime you want or simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com, sign up for my free newsletter, and have the episodes emailed directly to you once a week. There is a legend of a French monastery known throughout Europe for the extraordinary leadership of a man known only as Brother Leo. Several monks began a pilgrimage to visit Brother Leo to learn from him. Almost immediately, they began to bicker about who should do various chores. On the third day, they met another monk going to the monastery, and he joined them. This monk never complained or shirked a duty, and whenever the others would fight over a chore, he would gracefully volunteer and do it himself. By the last day, the others were following his example, and from then on, they worked together smoothly. When they reached the monastery and asked to see Brother Leo, the man who greeted them laughed, but our brother is among you, and he pointed to the fellow who had joined them. Many people seek positions in leadership to serve their own interests and not that of others. There are many self-serving reasons why a person may want to lead, such as power, status, networking, and money. But the best leaders lead because they care about people. And those are the types of leaders that lead like Brother Leo. They teach through their actions, not by words alone. They are servants, not commanders. Changing your world. We have all read and heard about those influential people who have changed history. We're often inspired by their worldview, by the way in which they can influence the people around them. But did you realize that you too are a world changer? Let's look at that. Let's say that you're talking with one of your friends and one of your friends says something or does something which really offends you. All of a sudden you lash out at them or you respond to them in a very angry way. Your tone actually changes that environment. Your tone then sets the stage for how the people around you are going to respond. Conversely, let's say you compliment someone and really talk about the attributes that you appreciate about them. That tone then is set for that conversation and you've changed the mood for how people interact in that moment. Your words and actions are very powerful. It's very important for each of us to recognize what we do and what we say influences the world or the people around us. That can go from the smallest thing, let's say in your household, to the bigger things at work, to your community, or in other things that you're involved in. It's so important for each of us to live a life of integrity. And yes, of course, we know that. But let's look at that a little bit more deeply. When you are by yourself and you are aware of why you act the way you do, why you say the things you do, what your motivation is for saying and doing certain things, it then causes you to be more responsible about how you interact with the people around you. If I don't have any insight and understanding of why I act the way I'm acting or why I'm responding the way I'm responding and living a very reactive life, 
Well, then I'm not going to change my world in a proactive way. I'm going to be reactive to what other people say and do around me. That's why it's so important for each of us to have a better understanding of why we act the way we act. In previous episodes, I've given techniques and ways for which you to have an understanding of why you act the way you do. And a quick recap of that is I'd simply tell people, randomly set an alarm on your phone. And when that alarm goes off, you check in with yourself. I have them create two scales. One scale is for how your physical body feels. And the other scale is for how your emotions are. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 is the best you feel and one's the worst you feel. Create those two scales for yourself. It gives you the insight to understand if you're struggling physically. In other words, is your body feel ill at all? And the other scale allows you to see how your emotions are. If you are surprised by you might be feeling frustrated or annoyed or anxious, then that check-in allows for you to reset for yourself. So when you can really trust yourself to be able to quickly catch yourself from responding in a way that's not healthy for you, or perhaps in a way you're not proud of, it then causes you to be more circumspect in how you respond to the people around you. The more you practice these self-development tools, the more successful you will be in positively changing your environment. It's also important to realize that changing your world is also sometimes leaving, sometimes not saying anything. Sometimes the best response is no response. When you can lead by example, by how you treat other people, then that translates to how they treat you as well. I would really challenge you today, in every situation you're in, how can you change your environment? When you're at the grocery store, what can you say, what can you do to validate the cashier? What can you do when you walk by someone on the street? You have so much potential. You have more leadership skills in you than what you realize. So this next moment, do something different. Be the leader that you are. Be the world changer that you were born to be. Did you know that I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 150 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these YouTube episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode teaches you one simple lesson that you can practice daily, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and subscribe to my YouTube channel there, or go to youtube.com and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Cynthia M. Ruiz is an author, professor, commissioner, inspirational speaker, and leadership expert. She has received over 50 accolades and awards for her leadership and service to Los Angeles. She currently serves as a Los Angeles City Commissioner, overseeing a multi-billion dollar pension portfolio for city employees. Welcome to my show, Cynthia. Hey, James. How you doing? I am doing very well. I wanted to thank you. I tell all my listeners, be very transparent here. I had a malfunction with my computer and I unfortunately lost all my data. So Cynthia was um, gracious enough to come back on my show today. So I wanted to publicly thank her for her time today. Well, James, first of all, I appreciate your time. And I really appreciate all the work that you do with Lipology and the life lessons. I think each and every one of us can learn from each other. So the the fact that you share your life lessons, I think is so valuable. So I always like to support good people. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, so our first interview or the other interview, you did a a fantastic job. So I'm going to try and recreate some of those things here. But you have a fantastic background story of how you grew up. And then to the person I'm speaking with today, with all those accolades, all the amazing things you're doing today, you did not always have that opportunity in life. So would you be willing to share your background of how you got started? I love sharing my background because I believe that I'm proof that anything is possible. I live in Los Angeles is where I grew up and I come from two cultures. 
My dad was Mexican and my mom Native American Cherokee. So I come from two cultures that are very different and I love living in a diverse city. But coming from a diverse city like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I grew up in the inner city, very, very humble beginning. You know, we actually, how do I say this? We just grew up poor. <laughs> and, uh, and I was the first person in my family to go to college. And I had to overcome many, many obstacles mm-hmm. and challenges. But I have to say that every challenge in my life has made me stronger and helped me develop into the person that I am today. So I am grateful for all of those struggles. I'm sure. I get to enjoy the blessings today. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things in the moment we often don't realize that a stumbling block could really be a stepping stone to launch us further on in our career. Absolutely. And when I, I graduated high school when I was 17. So when I was 16, I went to my college advisor's office and said, I want to go to college. And he says, don't worry about college, go get married and have kids like all your other friends. Wow. And I'll say, well, I want to do that, but I want to go to college first. And so um, it just so happened that there was a student worker there. And he goes, well, I go to Cal State, LA, California State University, Los Angeles. I'll bring you an application. So that was the only school I applied for because I didn't know. My parents didn't have any money to, to give me, uh, buy me even a book. Mm-hmm. But that adversity of somebody telling me, you know, no, you don't go to college, that actually motivated me more. And I'm happy to say by the time I was 23, I had my master's degree in counseling because it really motivated me to prove him wrong. (laughs) Of course, exactly. You know, sometimes I think that people are brought in our life, and I don't necessarily mean that in a divine way, but people in situations are brought in our life to, to, to kind of push us a little further, maybe outside of our comfort zone. And so that tenacity or that resilience is sometimes bolstered when someone says, no, you can't do this. Or they, they pigeonhole us into thinking this is all that we have to offer. I personally thank my higher power, God, for allowing some of those adversities and struggles to come into my life because I use that to really push me beyond what I thought I was able to do. If it's just simply someone saying a word like, James, you can't do this or you're not going to be successful here. And I use that in my memory as I'm going through, if I'm struggling and trying to try to move myself a little further to, to recall those person's words. And that really launches me forward. I'm like, I'm going to do this regardless. <laughs> I'm the same way, but there's many people when they reach a a block like that or a challenge, what they do is they let the fear come in like, oh, you know, I'm afraid I can't do this or the insecurities and the doubt. And that's can sometimes be crippling. So you really just have to walk through that fear as uncomfortable as it is or get rid of those insecurities, no matter how strong they are and keep moving forward. And once you get to the other side, you realize, okay, I could do it. I got that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things when we get so far in our mind and so caught up in the fear, fear is a very passive expression meaning there's no movement with it. And I don't mean physical movement as far as, you know, if you're fearful, sometimes people run away, but more in the sense of what is productive? What can I do? What's proactive? And that fear is very paralyzing. It's, it's a paralytic for us. And it, it often doesn't allow for us to say, well, I have choices. And this choice, I have multiple choices in front of me. And what do I do with it? So I really agree with you that that fear component really paralyzes people to such a degree that they never truly reach their highest potential. James, I couldn't agree with you more. And I realize that we have choices. My favorite saying is you are the CEO of your life shaped by the choices you make. 
That's really good. Yeah, we're all, we are all self-made people. So you got your master's in counseling. So what, what happened beyond that? Well, I have to say that, you know, right after I graduated my master's, I need to get married, having a family, and I share that I'm a PhD dropout. <laughs> I actually got accepted to a PhD program in psychology, but at the time in my life, I had a husband, I had a small child, I had a business, and I realized there was only 24 hours in the day. So mm-hmm. I have, again, go, going back to choices, I had to make a choice. Do I go pursue the PhD program or do I choose my family? Yeah. And I chose my family and I have no regrets. Mm, and now I like to say, you know, advancing in my future, I like to say that I have a PhD in life. May not have a PhD in psychology, but I have a PhD in life and I have no regrets. Yes, exactly. But I'm you proud know. to say that I'm so proud of my son. He's an amazing man today and he's he pursued his dreams. He he's actually head fashion stylist at Nickelodeon. <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, for him, cause my, it's now my ex-husband, my ex-husband was like, Oh, you don't want to go into fashion. It's so competitive. You can't do it. And I'm like, go for it. That's yeah. what you love. And so again, encouragement and really following your dreams and passion, the rewards will come. Yes, they definitely will. Who is a person or who are some of the people who inspired you to reach beyond what you thought you could do? So interesting enough, as being a Latina Native American, I didn't have a lot of role models. Mm -hmm. So some of my professors in college really pushed me. And actually, one professor that comes to mind, he was really hard on me. And I couldn't appreciate it at the time. And, you know, he was just pushing me and really hard on me. And so I asked him after, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I see the potential in you. Mm. So once he saw the potential in me and I felt that, then I worked even harder. So there's been some people in my life. And also what I've seen, I've looked around and say, okay, what leaders do I want to be like? And there's so many fascinating leaders, not only in today's world, but in in history. Mm -hmm. So I really tapped into people like Nelson Mandela, because the reason why I thought he would, I think that he was such a great leader is because... This man served 26 years in prison. I mean, can you imagine? And came Mm. with an open heart and peace in his heart and love. And then went on, we all know, led the country and created a paradigm shift. So it's having, no matter what's put in front of you and how the adversity is there, it's really tapping into your inner peace and your higher power and realizing you can endure something no matter how challenging it is. Yeah. And how do you think, or in other words, why do you think some people struggle with that? I know we talked about the fear component, but why do you think it is that some people struggle with finding that internal peace or internal stillness and get caught up in the outer struggle of of the experience? Well, for me, I believe it comes down to ego versus spirituality. Mm. I'm very spiritual and I've developed my spiritual practice over the years I'm not religious, and I think that, but I don't really, everybody needs to believe whatever they want, but having that spirituality and having that direct connection with God, I say creator, great spirit, doesn't matter what term I call it, that's what really guides me. If I get, if I get guided by my ego Mm -hmm. and my ego take over, then I just mess things up. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, because we do it in our own strength. And when I, when I say we do it in our own strength, that, that really means we do it in our own perspective. What I perceive in this moment is what I perceive, but give me a little bit more, more information and I have a completely different outlook. For example, for you, you felt like your professor was so hard on you, but when you heard him say, I see potential in you, that opened up a whole new world. So if we do it in our own strength, it's pretty limited. But when we can draw on something that's greater than ourselves, it gives us a completely different perspective on our life. And I, what I love about you, James, is how you really look at things holistically <laughs> in terms of it's not just the mental capacity or the physical capacity. It's the emotional and spiritual. You really look at people as whole, a holistic person. And I think that's so important because if we put too much uh, emphasis on only one, I mean, physical activity is very important. You know, I work out all the time. But then if you only concentrate on the physical and forget the emotional, yes having emotional intelligence, you become off balance. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've learned from my native roots is really having balance in your life and striving for harmony. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's so true. You know, I, I, in my academy on my website, I teach a class called Spirit, Mind, Body, the Perfect Triad. And in that, I explain that exactly. You know, it's the only way that we can truly live a harmonious life is to have all those three components in balance. You know, you look at a bodybuilder who has a really big upper body and really small legs, and that just looks disproportionate. It is disproportionate. And that's a really good indication of kind of how our life is. So if we're really overbalanced in some areas, we're constantly working or we're constantly worried about our caloric intake, but yet we're not developing that time to find that stillness and quietude within us, well, our life is unbalanced. The decisions we make are going to be unbalanced. Our focus is going to be unbalanced. Balanced. So really learning how to create that beautiful dance and, and kind of interweave and intertwine all those three things together every moment or every day that allows us to live a life that's much more beautiful with choices and we're, we're proactive in a way that many people who don't have that balance aren't able to find that. Well, interesting. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, but one phenomenon I've seen that's very, very interesting with the young people, a lot of the millennials, mm -hmm. is they are vegetarians, but because they're vegetarians, they don't balance it. And they think that eating a bunch of French fries oh, goodness. is okay because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that's like, a good point. But you're, you're obesely overweight. Yeah. How does that even make sense to you? Yeah. So it's about, yeah, that balance. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. You were telling me um, in, the, in the previous interview, you had mentioned many things about, I'm kind of jumping around here, but in your, in your Native American background, I believe it was looking at the past as well as looking at the future. Can you tell my listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. In the Cherokee way of life, we believe that when leaders make decisions, they, they look in the past and the future. So what we do is we look at seven generations before us and seven generations in the future. So it's not just instant gratification, making decisions that are going to help me today. It's holistically, how do these decisions that we're making impact you know, the past and the future? You learn from the past, but you take into consideration the future. And I think that's so powerful. And mm -hmm. I wish more of the leaders in this country would take that perspective. Yes, of course. Well, I think it also, it, it creates more of a responsibility. It's, it's more of a, it's more power, more weight to that decision. Because as you said, you're much more deliberate about it. You're much more thoughtful as opposed to 
the reactive moment of what do I do right this second to make this drastic change. And, and I love the weight of that. And I, I love that it's a beautiful way to make a decision. Uh, and I think, and I totally agree with you. I think that many people should incorporate that as how it does. Maybe if, if they can't think about seven generations, but they can think about how is this going to affect me seven years from now? Or how is this going to affect uh, my children later on today or later on in my life? And so every decision should have more weight to it. Absolutely. Now, as a leader, how do you give back to your community? The essence of who I am is really giving back. I feel so blessed because I came from nothing and now have a lot of abundance. I feel so grateful and so blessed. Mm. So what I and I didn't, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't have a lot of role models. So I feel very strongly about giving back. So I sit on several nonprofit boards. But the one that I'm most proud of is a program called Girls Today, Women Tomorrow, where we work with young inner city youth, primarily Latinas, and take them out of their surroundings, which is filled with negativity and gangs and drugs. And we work with them. We mentor them. We develop them into leaders. And then they go on and become, they go to college and they become powerful leaders. So it's really investing in that next generation and helping them change. Because especially with education, if you educate people, like I said, I was the first one in my family to go to college. Then it was natural for my son to go to college. So again, it's a future generations. When you invest in these young women and they become successful leaders, you're impacting several generations after that. Mm. It interrupts that cycle of maybe one generation staying on one, maybe educational level or socioeconomic level. And that really breaks that glass ceiling, if you will, which allows them to, as you in your Cherokee wisdom, to go seven generations in the, in the future to continually grow and progress beyond who their parents were. And we do a lot of different activities with these young women. You know, I take them hiking because I love, you know, Mother Nature. We mm-hmm. tend to visit different universities, different empowerment conferences. And we just expose them to different opportunities that sure. opens a whole new world. And when they go to college, I really recommend that they participate in studying abroad so they mm, get a yes. global perspective. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually had the opportunity to live in Spain for a year in my undergrad, and I absolutely loved it. It was one of the best things. And I always tell my clients and just even family members, whomever I can meet, that it's, it's so important to have that world experience because outside of the four corners of our house or outside of the four corners of our, of our neighborhood or wherever it may be, there's a completely different world with a completely different understanding of how the world works. And to have that expansive viewpoint, it, it really allows that person to understand where they fit in the world and how they can make a difference and how they can appreciate and accept the people not only in the world, but also as their next door neighbor as well. And, it, and for some of these girls, I mean, we live in Los Angeles and, you know, we're on the West Coast not too far from the ocean. And some of these young girls have never left their communities to the point wow. they hadn't even seen the ocean. Oh my goodness. I'm like, wait, because they're just, they, they become so entrapped and so limited in, in their experiences. Mm-hmm. So the more experiences, the more we can expand their world. And then what we do is on an annual basis for this nonprofit, we have a fundraising fashion show and we use these young women as the models in the fashion oh, show. Neat. And they're all shapes and sizes. They're, they don't yeah. say look like models, but it builds their confidence. Mm. They get to, we do bring in professional hair and makeup and they're, you know, 
beautiful dresses that they wear and they walk with such confidence and believe that anything is possible after that. Yes, because anything is possible. It really is. (laughs) It really is. So let's talk more about your books. You actually have two books, correct? I do. So the first book is Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World. And I know it sounds like a relationship book, but I really believe the most important relationship you could have is with yourself. Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody has their own journey and we have different experiences in life. And we go through life and accumulate all this emotional baggage. We, through our experiences, we accumulate anger, resentment, shame, guilt, insecurity. So the first book is how do you release all that emotional baggage? Because once you're happy and healthy, you're going to have healthier relationships. Yes. The second, yeah, the second book is Cherokee Wisdom, 12 Lessons for Becoming a Powerful Leader. Because I believe that each and every one of us have the ability to be a powerful leader, whether it's in our family, in our social groups, at work. We each have that. And so my Cherokee Wisdom I share, it comes from the Cherokee Nation. It's 12 Attributes for Leadership. And it's basically our cultural values, you know, have integrity, you know, be strong, be persistent. So I think that our lives are so complicated. If we can simplify our lives and just really stick to our core values, when we make decisions, we'll never make a bad decision for us. That is absolutely true. And it's, 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 it's unfortunate because many times people, they don't listen to that gut instinct, you know, kind of going back to that holistic approach your your spirit or that part of you that that gives you the intuition that connects to the divine will always lead you in the direction you're supposed to go unfortunately it, i found in the basic research that i've done it takes about seven seconds for a person's logic to override that which their wisdom or that which their their spirit tells them not to do <laughs> and so when we don't we're not really aware of ourselves, we're not really following true to the path that we have within us that tells us what we should do then we aren't going to hear that we're going to go back to what you said we're going to lead with our ego and not with the internal wisdom that connects us to that divine within us. Well, nobody's perfect. And I am the first one to admit there have been times in my life where I knew something wasn't right. My inner voice told me and I did it anyway. And I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I listen? And we all do that. (laughs) I've done that too many times. (laughs) I made a few mistakes. (laughs) But I think that's the thing. I mean, learning how to and I think that's why it's so important to to incorporate that stillness every morning, creating your day with that meditative presence, allow someone to then really allow that in every area of your life when you make a decision. But if we're just going and going and going and we don't really take the time to reflect, that's why it's so easy to make a lot of those rash decisions, which have those consequences later on. And I have a spiritual practice every day. I start my day with my gratitude list Mm. and it really sets the tone. And sometimes I'm just grateful to wake up in the morning and be alive. You know, I'm grateful to have a bed to sleep in. In Los Angeles, we have a chronic homelessness problem. Mm. There's a lot of people that sleep on the streets. You know, I'm grateful for my family for so many things. And once I fill my heart with gratitude, when I go throughout the day, I carry that that attitude of gratitude with me and makes life so much easier. 
Mm, it certainly does. And I think that that goes back to being a role model, but it also being a leader in the people with whom you come in contact. For example, you see someone on the street, you smile at them or you give them a word of encouragement. You change in your environment and everything you do creates, allows you to be that leader to which you're referring. And that's where we can be that change agent in our environment. And when I work with people on, on their leadership skills as well, it's, it's not only being a leader for the, in the biggest way you can think of, but it's also going to be a leader in a conversation. It can be a leader in, in your community. It can be a leader in your house or wherever it may be. But we always have that ability to change our environment. And sometimes we mean to, and sometimes we don't, but we always want to leave a situation making it better. At least. And that's something I talk about in the second book, leading by example. And sometimes we're, like you said, we're not even aware. Mm-hmm. And a quick story that I shared in the book is I was actually at a fast food restaurant. I was getting a salad, so I was eating healthy. <laughs> and, <No> french fries. <laughs> and there was a, a gentleman in front of me, and he looked a little disheveled, and he was paying with change, and he came up short. He didn't have enough money for his meal. So I didn't even think anything of it. I just you know, pulled out a few dollars on my purse and gave it to him. What I didn't realize, there was a mother and daughter behind me in line watching what I did, and I didn't mm. know that. A little girl says, Mom, can I have a dollar? She took a dollar and gave it to the man and said, here, I hope this, I hope this helps you. And I hope you have enough to pay for your meal so you don't go. Uh, and I'm like, all of a sudden, we all the, the four of us looked at each other, the mother, daughter, me, and the, the man. And we kind of looked at each other and had a moment. And I'm like, oh, my God, I had no idea this little girl was watching what I was doing. And it was just such a beautiful moment because at that moment, we all realized that we were one. Yes. It's just, but you lead by example and don't even know it. Yeah, that's a beautiful example, Cynthia. I'm so glad that, and exactly, you didn't realize that you were being watched. And, and I think that that's another really lesson as well, that you're always being watched. <laughs> not, in a, not in a scary way, but people are always, are always aware of what you're doing. And when you live a life of integrity when no one else is around, that definitely translates to the world around you as well. Absolutely. Well, Cynthia, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show again. <laughs> so if my listeners can find more information about you and your books and all the amazing things you're doing, where would they find your information online? Well, I love to connect with people. And if anything resonated with your listeners, I, enjoy, I encourage them to join my tribe. They can find me at my website, which is my name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A, M like in Mary, R-U-I-Z.com. CynthiaMRuiz.com. And from there, I do blog posts. I do lots of amazing stuff. So please become part of my tribe and connect with me. Excellent. Well, once again, Cynthia, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for joining with me today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with me. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for my newsletter, enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or advertise on my show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. You may also follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon.